0: My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 112 of Sober Girls Guide podcast. On today's episode, it is a question and answer episode. That's right. I love these episodes because I want to get you the answers that you need as fast as possible. And I feel like doing a whole episode of question and answers is the perfect, the most easiest and efficient way to get you those answers. I'm gonna just jump right into it. I'm not even gonna hold back because you know what? I want you to get your information and your help ASAP. So here we go. Just so you know, I'm sitting in my bedroom with my two dogs and it is super cold and rainy out in Vancouver and I have to say I'm definitely missing LA a little bit. This rain is kind of getting to me. Seasonal depression is real. Anyways okay first question how long did I try to get sober for? It took me 10 years to actually figure out that I wanted to get sober. I know. Some may say that I'm a slow learner, but I just didn't want to believe it. I didn't want to believe that not drinking was probably the best thing for me. In those 10 years, I really tried to moderate. I also was in and out of AA meetings, you know, trying to make myself feel better and basically justify and rationalize why I could keep drinking. I always... Thought, you know, I haven't been arrested yet. I haven't been in a car accident. I haven't had a DUI. So, you know, maybe I haven't hit that stereotypical rock bottom. And maybe I was fine. Maybe it wasn't my fault. Maybe I even, this is so silly, I had even gotten fired from multiple, multiple DJ gigs. Still, couldn't find the sense to maybe like look at myself and take responsibility for my actions, my dumbass, I equated it to the universe. Oh, this must be a sign. This is what the universe wants. Oh, you know, I got fired from that nightclub because I tried to choke out the security guard. Oh, that's just the universe, you know, pushing me to do something else, pushing me to get a new gig. Um, no, that's you being a drunk asshole. So it took me a good 10 years. And in that 10 years, you know, I'd, I'd, i try to stop drinking for a month, a week, you know, I it just, I never found the value in sobriety. I was always trying to work my way out of being sober. I never really gave myself the chance to like look at what my life was like or take responsibility for my actions because obviously it wasn't me who was the issue yeah girl uh it was you it was always you it's always going to be you it is you (laughs) so 10 years 10 years Question number two. I get this all the time. How did I actually do it? Well, like I said, it took me 10 years. I think what really clicked for me, um, along those 10 years, I got nudges along the way. Okay, you know, yes, this is the universe trying to tell you things, and when you're not paying attention, they start off as nudges. You know, like hey, maybe you shouldn't do that. Huh? Hey, maybe you shouldn't drink. Maybe you should uh, calm down. And then the nudges turn into full-on drop kicks right to the crotch, and you know, if you're lucky, a punch to the throat, and if you're really lucky, an old poke in the eyes. So. That's what ended up happening with me. Um, I began to have really bad anxiety and my depression was just at an all-time low. But my anxiety was just debilitating. I couldn't go to work. I couldn't even stand in front. I was DJing at the time. I couldn't even stand still long enough to change the songs I literally felt like I was going to jump out of my skin. Um, My stomach was just in knots. It was just like turning, like that inner turmoil. It was just, it felt like I was going to outrun my own body. I know that doesn't even make sense, but it's, if you felt it, if you've ever had anxiety, chances are you've, you felt that way. Um, So what I used to do was overeat and try and slow my body down, slow my metabolism down. I would just overload with carbs and try and and just slow myself down. Um I even tried beer. Beer worked for mm, I don't know, maybe a couple week, maybe a month. Um uh, but then it was just like my anxiety just ramped way up. So Beer, yeah, kind of worked for a second, but not really. In the long run, it made things so much worse. You know, that old saying, uh, alcohol is is just pouring uh, gasoline on your anxiety. And that is exactly, exactly what it was. I think the actual physical aspect of not being able to go to work was a huge, huge wake-up call. That was a catalyst for me to really like look at my life, and I kept thinking I'm like, "Is this it is Is this all my life is ever going to be? And I said to myself i'm like if i you know if I die tomorrow, like am I going to be proud of myself, am I going to be proud of what I've been doing with my life this far?" And the answer was, "Hell, no, I would be so disappointed. I felt like I was just not living up to my potential like this could not be it and it was at that point where I really had a mind shif- shift, mindset shift and I know it's so annoying and cliche like what does that even mean how do you even change your mindset like ooh, it sounds like super hokey but I, I did it by by f- really examining and cr- like taking a fine tooth comb through my life and through my day, like what I was doing daily. And most of the time I was either sleeping, <laughs> super exciting life, or I was just kind of going through the motions of, of, um, you know, just, just on auto autopilot. I wasn't even doing anything in my life that was different or exciting or anything that I was even on my bucket list or I was doing nothing to move myself closer towards my goals. Nothing, nothing at all. I was literally just going through the motions, and I found out that, like, going through my, my, da- my daily life, I didn't even like like 90 percent of what I was doing. So it's no wonder that I wasn't happy and that I was self-medicating and, you know, trying to check out on my own life. It, my life sucked. It wasn't working for me. I was not doing things that I enjoyed in my life. So of course, I'm not going to enjoy myself. So I I kind of set it up as like, almost like an equation, right? I, I didn't look at what are the things that I need to take away from my life, or what are the things that I have to do? Because whenever we say, oh, we have to do something, or we shouldn't do something, it just has such a negative connotation and it feels like a chore. So, I went through my life and I I made a list of everything that I want. How do I want to feel? How do I want to look? How do I want to you know, experience my life? And I worked backwards from that. And you know, one of the things was like diet and exercise. I really wanted to feel good in my own skin and in my own body. So, what did that mean? Well, probably shouldn't be eating a cheeseburger every after every like DJ gig at three in the morning and then passing out. Like, no, you're not going to feel good about your body. You're not going to wake up feeling good about yourself and your choices. So I worked backwards in, in that kind of way. And and when I did, alcohol just did not make the list. It did not make the cut. So I just stuck to what I wanted. <laughs> and I know it sounds really, really simple, but alcohol was not what I wanted in my life. It was never, ever going to bring me closer to the way I wanted to feel, the way I wanted to move throughout my life, the goals that I had in my life. Like It just not—it didn't bring me any step closer to what I wanted at all. If anything, it hindered, it actually went against everything that I wanted in my life. So when I looked at it like that, instead of, oh, I can't drink or I shouldn't drink, I flipped the script and I was like, well, I want to feel good about myself in the morning. I don't want to hang over. I I don't want to be bloated. I don't want to have stomach issues. I don't want to have anxiety. So what do I do to get there what do I have to do to to make that happen guess what alcohol is not in that equation just in in none of it so that is how I did it and I have to stress that the first 30 days were really important and I really stuck to my guns of what I wanted for my life and how I would achieve that and that is also how I started the Sober Plan of Action workbook and journal. That is also what I base my coaching around. Um, it's really changing, changing your mindset to like to what you want and what you want to be doing, not what you should be doing or what you can't be doing. What do you want? What do you want to be doing? cuz i guarantee you if you can imagine it if you can think it you can absolutely have it. You're you're not thinking the thoughts that i'm having. My goals are not your goals. We're we're different. We think differently. We want different things for a reason. Um so really, you know, keeping those thoughts and using those exercises and tools in the first 30 days of um my sobriety journey and i'll i'll be honest i did not label it as a sobriety journey i didn't know what the heck i was doing i just knew that i i was i had enough and if i was going to continue down this path of anxiety and depression i was going to be homeless for sure that was just on its way um you know i was the only person I'm single. I was the only person in my family living in LA. I didn't have any backup. I didn't have any one to bail me out. Um, so I would for sure have been f- homeless first step, um, and definitely on the streets would would be an option for me. Um, and who knows from there? I I don't even really want to go there, but it it's possible, and it's a slippery slope. That's for sure. So how did I do it? I just, I changed my mindset. I was just so sick and tired of not wanting to be the person that I know I can be and who I deserve to be. You deserve to be anything and everything your heart desires. We are not here to suffer. And I truly, truly believe that. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V I B E Gummies.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right, but sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com A-S-G-G today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com A-S-G-G. So, um, let's see. Next question, what do I do if I didn't have a rock bottom? This is so tricky because I always say that it's much easier to to redirect the ship when it's already out to sea, right? So if you're sailing along the ocean and you want to change courses, it's so much easier to Change directions when you're when you're already out on sea. It's a little bit harder when you have crashed up on shore and uh, you know you got some repairs to on your boat. Then you gotta f- get it back out on the on the water. It's just a whole nother ordeal. Now, hitting a rock bottom. I guess for some people that is a catalyst for change. I personally don't well, actually, that's not true. I have probably a whole bunch of rock bottoms that could have been other people's rock bottoms, but I didn't see them as rock bottoms in my eyes. Um, these rock bottoms actually just kept me going. Uh, nothing really stopped me. I think rock bottom is all your your perception, just like how trauma is perceived. you know, trauma doesn't have to be this huge. monumental event in your life. You know, it could could be anything from being bullied in school or called like a name or, you know, something that could trigger something inside of you. It doesn't have to be this huge like accident or huge um, life-changing experience. I think it's all how we perceive it. So how do you change something if it's not like a horrible rock bottom, right? It seems kind of like, well, nothing horrible has happened yet. How do I how do I change this? I think you have to focus on your why and what you want and like how I said, um, you know, how did I, how did I do it? I changed my mindset and I I really worked hard towards the, to first of all figure out what are the things that I want in my life and then how to work backwards and how to how to achieve those. Like how What does that even mean? So if you haven't had a rock bottom, don't worry about it. You can still change. You got to figure out your why. You got to figure out what you want. Um, Don't wait for a rock bottom, please. Gosh, we don't. You don't need a rock bottom to make a life change. All you have to have is that willingness. And I think that willingness is key you know, to, to having an open mindset and, and and wanting to explore. I'll tell you right now, alcohol is always going to be there. You can always go back to it if you want. But what would happen if you just gave yourself a little space? You know, gave yourself a little breathing room. And maybe just went about it as a challenge or an experiment. I'm not saying that this has to be forever. But I'm also not saying that like this has to be a like a horrible scenario has to happen in order for you to make a change. Why not just try it on? You have no you have nothing to lose, really. Just just give it a try. You don't need a rock bottom to make a life change. Um okay. Next question. Ooh, pink cloud. Now, this is a term that describes the beginning of your your sober journey, how it is euphoric and joyful and you're all hopeful, you're new, exciting. I like to equate it as, um, compare it to uh, a honeymoon. If you're in a relationship with someone and You're in a honeymoon phase, the beginning stages of your relationship, everything's fantastic, oh my god, they're perfect, we're in love, la la la, and then what happens after the honeymoon phase? Well, shit gets real. (laughs) You know, maybe you move in together, maybe you end up spending more time together, and you really get to know that person, and that is what happens with the pink cloud, Once, you know, all this new and exciting stuff has has worn off for you, you are left with the reality of the situation, which is yourself. And now it is yourself without alcohol, which was probably your coping mechanism for a a lot of things in your life. So when that kind of wears off, it's like, you know, that, that new relationship, honeymoon feeling disappeared. When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare, and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria LG Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street, my skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skin care is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skin care is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet, It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com dot com and use code A-S-G-G for 10% off. Pates and maybe the way he wore his socks to bed is not as cute anymore. Actually, it's really annoying and frustrating and oh my God, get those socks out of the bed. Ugh. Um, so life, life happens after the pink cloud um, what i really like to suggest is journaling journaling is a great reminder and a great way to look back on how you felt and just a great reminder of how joyful and hopeful and a peace you were and that is real it's it's not it's not fake it's not you know anything it it's not going anywhere but it gets a little bit clouded over because life happens and reality kind of sets in. Um, You know, anything is new and that's new is exciting in the first little bit. And that's the same thing with uh, your sobriety and recovery journey. So I really like to, to keep a journal just to remind yourself because we forget about the little steps and the progress that we've made along the way. I think it's really nice and a, Really great reminder to see how far you really have come. So definitely keep a mind, uh, keep a reminder, keep a journal around, record yourself, whatever you know. Even scroll back through your Instagram feed, and and um, if you're collecting chips or if you're collecting mementos along the way, any kind of uh, point of of celebration, it's just so nice to go back and be like, you know what? Hey, I did that. I was there. I achieved that. And that's, it's also a great way, you know, if you should slip up along the way, you know, it's not bad. It's, it's not a failure. I really want us to redefine, um, relapse. It's not a failure because you're not starting all the way down at, at day one. Now you're starting off with knowledge. You're building. This is a building block experience. You know, sobriety isn't a ju- a destination. I know that sounds so corny, but this is truly a journey because, well, let me tell you, after three and a half something years, shit gets wild. And you know what? It gets even better because when you're sober, you have the wits about you to deal with it. And you know what? You're just going to keep impressing yourself and impressing yourself the way you deal with certain situations it is a beautiful thing having a journal or whatever you do to document these things is a, just a fantastic fantastic reminder. Okay, what else? Um ooh, how do you bridge the understanding gap with friends? Maybe you have decided to stop drinking and this is a very common fear that your friendships and your relationships are going to change. And I got to tell you, they absolutely are. Because you are changing um, the, the, the the dynamic of your relationship. You know, a lot of people drink to socialize or drink to hang out. And if you kind of take that away, you're changing the dynamic. And that's okay. So how do we bridge the gap when you're trying to get your friends to understand. I really think that if you can be as open and honest as possible, that is always the best. Honesty is always the best policy as far as I'm concerned. And if you don't feel comfortable being vulnerable and honest with your friends, I think that is more important. That is something that is a red flag to me. If you are calling these people your friends and, you know, you have this close relationship yet you can't speak your mind and you can't be honest and vulnerable. I'm sorry, like that's that's not a healthy friendship. That's not a great relationship. Like what are you actually getting out of that if you can't even be yourself and be open and honest? So I think right there is that's an issue. And then let's let's take that one step further. So, okay, you can be open and honest and and vulnerable with your friends, yet maybe the reception is not to your liking. Why would you want to hang out with people who don't support you? I'm sorry, that is is the number one question. Why do you want to be around people who you feel that you need to make understand you? I think if if they don't get that you're just trying to do something that is healthy for yourself and take care of yourself, and if they can't respect that and just either, you know, be on board and, and support you, why do you really want those people in your life? It's always going to be a constant struggle. You know, why are you struggling, you know, to explain yourself to people who are just committed to misunderstanding you. I mean, that shit's exhausting. (laughs) You know, there's like 7.3 billion people in the world. And I know, I know it sounds hard to maybe let these people go or or move on at the time. But I'm going to tell you from experience, it is so friggin worth it. It is the best thing I have ever done in my life. And I got to tell you, I let go of probably 95% of my friends. I was a lonely, lonely little girl for a while there. It was not great. But you know what? I made that room in my life and I set that standard. And now I am only surrounded by people who are loving and supportive. Because what's the point? If I can't be honest and vulnerable in myself... And have you know people love me and support me? That that that's the basis of of friendship and relationship for me. And if we can't do that, then I'm, I got to move on and find someone who can, because I ain't got time for that. <laughs> so if you're trying to bridge the understanding gap with your friends, first of all, look at can you be open and honest with them? If you can't. Gotta move on if you can. Cool, let's move on and and be that. Let's be as honest and vulnerable as we can. And then if if they can't be respectful and understanding of you, again, that's a no for me. And if they can, cool, let's move on and and cultivate a relationship based on that. And let's maybe do a little work and find some cool stuff to do to to relate to each other and. Well, let's further that relationship. So, I hate to be so cut and dry, but that's just what it is. It's gotta be. Gotta be. Or it's gonna weigh you down. Uh, What else do we got? Hmm. When did my cravings go away? That is a great question. I have to say... In the beginning, I didn't really have a lot of cravings because um when I stopped, fortunately enough, uh working in bars and nightclubs, a lot of the people that I saw who were drunk were just like like a, just a lot annihilated. They were just like beyond drunk. So that was just a huge turnoff for me. I'm like, "Okay, that is exactly what I do not want." I literally saw a dude do like a back dive onto the bar, like just, uh, it was horrible. It was just, he was annihilated. And I'm like, okay, you know what? This is actually making not drinking super easy. Um, So in those like extreme situations, seeing like drunk people, it is just such a deterrent. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Not for me. Moving on. But I think when I maybe get cravings or think about um, alcohol I wouldn't even say it's a craving. It's like maybe when we're at like a small gathering or like people are getting together, we're having like game night and it's like, it looks very peaceful. It looks like, I don't know, it it just looks very like civilized. And I'm like, oh, that's, I guess, how normal people drink. And then I kind of think, I'm like, oh, well, why can't I do that? And I'm like, oh, well, you know, that's not how we really roll with alcohol and we don't really drink to be civil. Um, (laughs) Me and alcohol drink to get like cray cray. Um, So I know that's just not, it's just not in the books for me. It's just not, again, it doesn't work with my equation. If I want to be civil and I want to be peaceful, sobriety brings me that not alcohol it it doesn't um so i don't really have cravings anymore actually um i think if anything i just want a really good mocktail or alternative (laughs) because i i really don't want to be drunk i don't even really want to feel that buzz i really enjoy who i am and how i feel Naturally, so I don't really, I don't need anything. Um, what else do we got? Ooh, okay. When do you offer help to a friend who seems like they need help? Okay, so when do you offer help? This is a very, very good question because um, both of my brothers are. In some kind of active addiction. And I learned the hard way. I learned that um, people don't love unsolicited advice. And especially from an older sister. (laughs) So I... Unless someone asks for it, I do not volunteer it. What I do instead is... I talk about how um, I'm benefiting, you know, from my experiences. I never offer unsolicited advice. I never try and convince people of what they should or should not do. Um, I let them come to me. I lead by example so that I don't need to even go there. But I really, really learned this the hard way, especially with my brothers. I just totally look like a know-it-all asshole by, you know, volunteering information and telling them what they should and should not do. Um, so don't do that. That's, that's, that's my, my tip. Don't, don't offer unsolicited advice. It is never going to be well-received, ever, in sobriety, recovery, or actually anything in life. Unless you're asked for it and they're open to discussing, then, and 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 even even then, I wouldn't tell what you should or shouldn't do. Again, I would just lead by example and, you know, at the end of the day, just show them love and support and just be there to listen because no one really wants to be told what to do. If anything, they want connection they want they wanna hear that they are loved and that you care and you you're there to listen. so I don't really suggest offering help um okay, last question, which stretch of sobriety has been the easiest and the hardest? Um, I think the easiest was the beginning yeah I mean I think I definitely had a little bit of the pink pink cloud situation going on is what we talked about um and you know I kept reminding myself about the pink cloud and and all that entails and it's still good Sobriety is still great it's amazing um I think the hardest part has definitely been going through COVID um that has been that has just brought out a lot of stuff in in people and just relationships and learning to deal with that um again i am so grateful that i am sober because like i said you will amaze yourself at how eloquently you can deal and cope with situations when you are not super emotionally reactive. Because I know when I was drinking, it was all emotionally reactive. It was drama, drama, drama all the time, time, time. Um, So having just that peace, you know, sobriety is not boring. Okay. It's actually called peaceful. And that's that's what peace is. It's, it's relaxing. It's, it's lovely. Um, but just being calm enough and having, you know, the mindfulness to like sit back and, and really have a broader perspective of what's going on and what's going on in in the world. Um, sobriety really offers that for you to step out of your own head and your, your own kind of world and and put things into perspective. Like there's a bigger picture here, right? Like there's, there's so much more than just us. Like go figure, right? Like you are not the end all be all. Uh, there's a whole world out there and it's really beautiful to be open and willing to explore that world. So I think actually, yeah, that's, that's been, it's been hard, but also at the same time, and it's actually been easier because I have been sober. So yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's my answer. I'm sticking to it. Um, thank you so much for listening. Couldn't do this without you. I really love doing these question and answer episodes because like I said, I want to get this information. I want to answer these questions and, you know, all these, all these questions come in, in in different forms and variations. And I think this is a great way to really knock them out of the park and, and answer them all in one swing. And because I want you to have this information readily available to you. I want it as quick as possible. Thank you so much for listening. Again, couldn't do this without you. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at A Sober Girls Guide. We love to hear your feedback and comments about the podcast. Please make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast so we can share this message and guests with more and more people. Um, and the blog, don't forget about the blog, A Sober Girls We got you locked, stacked, and loaded, girl. Anything from workbooks, journals, like I talked about before, the Sober Plan of Action workbook and journal is fantastic and 30-day challenge. Please be mindful of your first 30 days in uh, in your journey. It's really, really important to lay down that foundation. It's just going to make it that much more enjoyable because you know what? You don't need to struggle. That's just it. You don't need to struggle. And if you are at a different point of your sobriety or your recovery journey, we got merch. We got all kinds of fun sober girl swag for you to wear your recovery loud and proud. So head to a sobergirlsguide.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.